0: Hey, this is Pastor Aram, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. I want to welcome everyone who's joining us online. Thank you so much for stopping by Activation Church. If you're ever in the area, we hope that you'll stop by and join us in person one Sunday morning. For the past few weeks, we've been in a series called Travelers. The idea is that we are all traveling through life. We are moving from one place to another. We're moving from one phase of life to the next. And there are some things that we need along the way so that we can travel well. How many of you want to travel well? So week one, we talked about help along the way week two which was last week powerful week we talked about freedom along the way and today's topic is going to be water along the way would you just turn to the person next to you and say you got any water i want you to understand the significance of water throughout the scripture in genesis 1 we meet god hovering over the water And out of the water, he brings life. Later, we will see God deliver his people through the water when he brings them through the Red Sea. There's a time where where they are wandering around in the wilderness and God sustains them with water from a rock. The ministry of Jesus begins at the waters of his baptism and his glory is revealed When he turns water into wine at the wedding. The big idea is God uses water to illustrate a greater spiritual truth. All of those stories that I mentioned and there are more are dealing with natural water. But behind it there is a greater spiritual truth being illustrated. And just like we need water to survive. How many of you have ever tried to go without water? I can tell that none of you have because you're all here today. We need water to survive physically, but we also need spiritual water to survive spiritually. And so today I want to look at John the fourth chapter. It's a story of Jesus traveling from Judea to Galilee, and along the way he stops to get some, guess what, water. And this is natural water. Jesus is thirsty, and so he stops to get a drink. But God does something incredible in this story and uses the water to illustrate a greater truth that we all need to take hold of. Are you ready? So John, the fourth chapter, we're going to start in the third verse. The Bible says, He left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. That's a very important thing for you to take note of he had to pass through Samaria verse 5 says so he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph Jacob's well was there so Jesus wearied as he was from his journey was sitting beside the well and it was about the sixth hour that means it's noontime A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is, that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us this well and drank from it himself as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water. So that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. I I don't want to come back to this place anymore is what she's saying. I've got some issues with this place that I'm trying to run from. Verse 16 says that Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. You're just living with him. So what you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. I want to pause right there and just kind of give you a side note to this. When it's talking about worshiping in spirit and in truth, worship has to happen internally as well as externally. What I mean by that is worship starts internally by the way I view God and by my view of God and the worship that is produced internally, then there is an external experience. Whether I raise my hands, I sing a song, I clap, I dance, but there has to be both. It can't just be internal. Because if it is truly internal, it will produce external. And it can't just be external because if it's only external, you're putting on a show. And people may have an emotional experience and may think, oh, God moved because people were waving their hands. But if nothing's going on in the inside, it is not God, it is you. So it has to be both, your spirit internally connecting with his spirit through worship. And it shows forth in an external way. And so Jesus is kind of schooling this girl on worship. And then the woman said to him, in verse 25, I know that the Messiah is coming. He was called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. I'm the Messiah you've been waiting for. I am the Savior that the world has been waiting for from the foundation of the world. How many of you have a GPS system that you like to use? I love my GPS. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, my wife and I were going to Macon, Georgia, and we were going to a coliseum to see a basketball game, and so I used my GPS. I I like to use it from time to time just to see, like, how long is it going to take me to get there so that I know how to plan accordingly. When I typed in Macon, Georgia, it said it was going to take me almost two days to get there. (laughs) And I thought, this has got to be wrong. And then I looked, and it was on the walking setting. And I thought, that's not right. This guy never walks anywhere. (laughs) So I immediately flipped it back over to the car setting. But GPS, it's it's a phenomenal tool that we have to help us travel wherever we're going. It doesn't only give us the time frame. Now it will talk to us and let us know if there's a police officer ahead of us. And I was thinking today, like, I think that speeding tickets, the fine for speeding tickets, should be doubled now. And the reason I think that is because if you get pulled over for speeding, you should have known the cop was there by your ways. And if you weren't using ways, then you deserve to be fined. (laughs) I'm just kidding around. But there's all kinds of settings, and, you know, you can go in there and tell it to avoid certain places. You can tell it, I want to avoid a highway or I want to avoid a toll road. It may take you a little bit longer to get to where you're wanting to go, but you do have the option to avoid certain roads. You do have the option of how you travel. The reason I wanted to mention that to you this morning is because the Bible says that Jesus had to go through Samaria. And it's not like that was his only option. It's not like he couldn't have rerouted himself around Samaria. As a matter of fact, most Jews at that time would have put a void Samaria into their GPS because Jews and Samaritans hated each other, and they had been at war with one another for hundreds of years. It all started when the nation of Israel, that was one nation, one people group, divided into two different kingdoms. Israel was made up of 12 tribes. Ten of the tribes said, we're going to the north, and two of the tribes said, we're going to the south. And the tribes in the north started changing the way they worshipped. They changed where they worshipped. They changed how they worshipped, And then they started intermarrying with the Assyrians. And their offspring became the Samaritans. And so the Jewish people looked at Samaritans as half-breeds, or if you're a Harry Potter fan, Mugbloods. They weren't purebred, and they worshiped in a different way. And so they were divided religiously, racially and politically. This was like the perfect storm. They hated each other they had nothing in common with one another and they did everything within their power to avoid one another that's why the woman is so shocked when she finds Jesus sitting at the well in Samaria and he's not just sitting there he decides to strike up a conversation with her which blows her mind and he doesn't just talk to her but he is willing to receive From her, a drink of water. This was a big deal. As a matter of fact, if you read on in the story, you'll even see that his disciples were astonished by what Jesus was doing. But here's what you need to know Jesus did not come to be affiliated with a political party, a certain ethnic group, or a religious sect, he came for humanity that's why you will find jesus going where other people would not go and associating with people that others avoided too many times we try to draw lines in the sand and say well you're this way and i'm this way and so we're going to avoid one another but that was not the heart of jesus jesus was like i'm gonna go to all somebody say all Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in a sight. Republican and Democrat, too. Oh, see, now, that's where we fall off. I was at a friend's church the other night, and it was a prayer service, and they were praying over different things. And so it was like, right now we're going to pray for breakthrough for your family. Everybody prayed. And everybody's like, oh, God, we just need a breakthrough. Now we're going to pray for breakthrough in your body. Let's pray for health. And everybody's going crazy. He goes, now we're going to pray for our elected officials. And everybody's like. I'm not saying that you have to agree with everyone, okay? But I do want you to see that every person has an opportunity to come to Jesus and be satisfied by Jesus, no matter what they look like, no matter what they have come from, no matter what type of group they affiliate themselves with. Jesus loves people, and that is why he had to go to Samaria, because he had an appointment With this woman, before the foundations of the world were ever established, Jesus said, I'm going to make a point to go to Samaria and speak to this woman because I love her and she needs my help. Jesus is always going where people didn't expect him to go. Jesus was always doing things that people did not expect him to do. That's why so many people in that time missed him as the Messiah because he didn't look the way they wanted him to look. He didn't do what they expected him to do. He did not go where they expected him to go. As a matter of fact, there's a time where the religious leaders find Jesus hanging out with tax collectors and sinners. Both were hated by the people. And they're trying to figure out, why would this guy who considers himself to be holy be hanging out with these kind of people? And Jesus immediately lets them know the reason I am here is because they are my target audience. I came for those who are thirsty, and my invitation is come, all who are thirsty, and I will give you something to drink. Doesn't matter what you look like, it does not matter where you have come from. The only thing that you need to be qualified for Jesus is are you thirsty? Turn to the person next to you and say, Are you thirsty? See, if you're not thirsty, then you'll never come to him for a drink. If you think that you've got it all together, you'll never come to him for what you need. And so he's sitting there. He's talking to this girl. And he asks for a drink of water. But as their conversation starts to develop, he starts to hone in on the situation see she's there at 12 noon this isn't the typical time that somebody would come to the well to draw water it's it's extremely hot in that area of the world especially at 12 noon so most people if they're going to come draw water they're going to come either early in the morning or they're going to come late in the evening when it has cooled down so the fact that this woman is there at noon possibly means that she's trying to avoid running into everyone else because maybe her situation in life has caused her to become an outcast even in a city full of outcasts and there in the middle of the situation is jesus talking to this woman and he says this in john four thirteen: jesus said to her everyone Who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus is using this well as an illustrated sermon. At first, this woman thinks that he's just talking about water and her need for it hey if you drink this water you're going to be thirsty again tomorrow you're going to have to come back to this well but as they're talking Jesus starts to dive deep down into her story and that's what I love about Jesus every other religion is about what you can do to try to ascend to God Christianity is not us ascending to God. It is God coming down and getting involved in our story and helping us in the midst of our weakness. And so he's talking to her. And as he talks to her, he gets right there on top of the issue and says, go and get your husband. Stay with me go get your husband. We just went from a drink of a water to now I want you to go get your husband. Why? Why would he do that? Because he's getting to something. Turn to the person next to you and say, he's getting to something. So this lady says, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, you have spoken correctly. You've actually had five husbands and the man you are with now is not your husband there's the issue lady your issue is you are looking for satisfaction you are looking for a drink of water something to satisfy your need but you're looking in the wrong place you remember that looking for noob and all the wrong pieces. looking for noob what you're looking for is good but you're looking in the wrong place. You're looking for something to satisfy your thirst, but you'll never find it where you are going because the well that she kept on returning to to quench her thirst was a relationship. She would go to this relationship, looking for what she needed and when that didn't work out she had to go to the well again and she would find another relationship so on and so forth she's gone through five marriages and now she's with a completely different man that she's not yet married to and jesus is trying to let her know as long as you keep on going to men to satisfy what you are longing for on the inside you will always have to return to the well and every day You and I are looking for something or someone to satisfy our thirst. For this lady, it was relationships. And maybe for you, that's the well that you've gone to. For others, it could be finding affirmation on social media. I need the likes. I need... I need the comments. That's what makes me feel valuable, and I have to keep on returning to that well. And if I go to that well and there's no like and there's no comment, then I'm not satisfied for that day, and I'm left hurting, and every day I've got to return. It could be material possessions. Any shoppers out there? There's nothing wrong with shopping. I have found, like, in my life, that's kind of the thing that I have found that has soothed me in the past like when I'm going through something I'll buy something new and it feels amazing until a month later when the credit card bill comes and now I'm real thirsty (laughs) (laughs) and then the new wears off it's true isn't it I brought I brought a new truck a couple of years ago and uh, I'm the type person if you know me I'm, I'm I'm kind of particular in certain areas, like the chairs in the church. I I like them to be spaced a certain way and I like them to be straight. Um, I'm the type of person, you know, they put like the little plastic protector on the door handles of a car or they put the little plastic protector on like the brand new phone. I don't know if they do that anymore, but there used to be like a little piece of plastic film on your cell phone. I would leave that there till it fell off. I'm just that kind of person and so like my new truck I was like super protective over it with my kids we would go to a fast food and I would get the food and put it in the in the in the what do you call the the back the bed of the truck so that my car wouldn't smell like food because I wanted to smell like new but the new wears off now we eat in the car you see what I'm saying so if that's the well that you're going to it may satisfy for a moment and don't get me wrong, like every, all these things that we go after, there is a bit of satisfaction in it, but it will never last. In John 15, 1, Jesus says, "I am the true vine." Get that. I am the true vine." Why did, it, why did he just say, "I am the vine? He goes the extra step to say, I am the true vine. And the reason he does that is so that we know there are other vines out there. There are other things that we will try to attach ourselves to to receive life from. But Jesus is saying, I am the true vine. I am the only one that you can connect yourself to, abide in, that will bring growth and satisfaction. And if you are connected to me, then your life will be fruitful and productive I am the true vine I am the water that you need somebody say living water, living water. John 7:38 38 he says this whoever believes in me as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water whoever 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 this is a whoever thing Jew or Samaritan, it does not matter if you're thirsty, there is a drink for you. Whoever believes. But here's the thing, believing is more than making an intellectual decision. Most of us limit our belief to an intellectual decision. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I, you know, I've put it all together, I've seen the scriptures, it makes sense to me, so I believe that. But true believing is more than an intellectual decision. It is a coming to him as if you were in a desert. And you found an oasis with a spring of water and you're dying in thirst and you come to him and you start to drink. And you start to receive from him. And you start to experience that new life and you start to experience that welling up, this spring of water that never runs out that's what it's all about believing coming to him saying god i know that i need this in my life and i recognize that you are the true vine you are the water that never runs dry david says it like this in psalm 42 1 as the deer pants for the water so my soul longs for you as the deer, pants for the water, searching during the day for a cool drink by the water. That's, that's my life. God, I am pursuing you. I am following after you because I know that in you is what I need. It's true life. So many of us settle for a counterfeit. And that's why we have to keep on coming back. So many of us settle for the thought of, I'll never have, I'll never be complete, I'll always need something. But Jesus says, if you'll come to me and desire, desire, that's such a big thing, desire. Delight yourself in him and desire him. That's more than just attending church on a Sunday. That's more than just picking up your Bible app from time to time and reading through a plan. That is a daily thing of realizing God, I need you. Yesterday I did a funeral for a gentleman who used to be a part of our church when we were in Kennesaw. And as I'm standing over his coffin, You begin to realize how short life is and that tomorrow is promised to no one. And the only reason the heart in my chest continues to beat is because Jesus has told it to keep on beating. We need him more than we truly know. And David tapped into that. That's why David was a worshiper. That's why the Bible calls David a man after God's own heart, because he tapped into the reality that I need God. He wasn't a perfect man. David did some incredibly bad stuff. Yet God received him and made him king and said, he has my heart, because David knew that without God, he was nothing. Miranda, without God, I am nothing. Without God, I am nothing have nothing i'm an empty shell a vehicle of flesh that just travels through this life and one day will give out but through him i have a spring of living water that never runs dry that never gives up that never gets gives out and it springs up he says to eternal life so i can have abundant life here and eternal life There, because it is a spring of water that never runs dry. I hope that somebody's hearing what I'm saying today. I'm hoping that some of the young people in this room will start to tune in and realize that God loves you. He has an incredible plan for your life, and the best design for your life is the design He has. Stop trying to fix it by going to other things. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. He goes on in Psalm 34, 8 to say, taste and see that the Lord is good. You want to know what Christianity is all about? It's a lifestyle of tasting and seeing that the Lord is good and every day realizing that he remains good and he remains faithful and he never runs out. I believe today that God is going to begin to fill you with that living water some of you have been running on empty some of you feel like you're dried up you have no peace you have no joy you have no satisfaction i believe today that that well that living water the spirit of god himself that lives inside of the believer is going to begin to fill you today to overflowing that's what the abundant life is about jesus said i came that you may have life and life more abundantly that is a life of overflowing he wants you to overflow with him And you can have that today. If you're watching at home right now, you can have that today. All you have to do is say, God, fill me and start pursuing him and start seeking him in Jesus' name.